Hello, goblins and ghouls. So today we're going to be looking at Lucio Fulci's City of the Living Dead from 1980, which was one year before I was born. And it's the only entry on IMDb if you do a keyword search for drill through head. <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of a fun uh, piece of trivia for you. And... It was seemingly shot with color schemes designed to re reflect the moody, foggy settings of rural Europe. And it's definitely got sort of a rural feel to it, I would say. And you've got some nice graveyard scenes here and there, which a lot of classic horror films have. And that's to remind you that you're supposed to be in an environment where there are living dead around, you know, the more you have cemeteries, the more zombie-like it's going to seem. And really, this movie is, at its core, somewhat of a zombie movie. It's it's one of those weird um, things where they're almost like spirits or something, but they're also technically the living dead as well. These aren't the George A. Romero zombies, in case you were wondering but they're they're kind of similar at the same time you know it's a it's a strange dynamic um some of these movies you know they're they've got their own format of zombie and this one is it's like they're demonic possession zombies or however you want to put them something like that the film was well received by some critics mocked by others sometimes viciously, though even some who mock the film usually praise the performances and the atmosphere, but may have been widely regarded, but the movie may have been widely regarded as one of Fulci's most controversial films due to a scene where an actress literally pukes out some animal innards. Though it's meant to seem like her own intestines, the actual stunt Yes, it involved her basically spitting out some uh, some veal intestines. It's a it's an interesting scene, and if nothing else, you might want to watch this if you are into you know gory movies, especially if you really want to see some early instances of extreme gore. I suppose that would really be you know pretty darn extreme if you've got actual animal intestines coming out of your mouth. So if you want to see that, go ahead and check this one out. Um, you won't be disappointed if that is really what you are in to see. Um, so critics rarely called it a masterpiece of the macabre or anything like that. But I think that's what Fulci was going for with this one. Honestly, I have not seen enough of his work to regard it as one of his best films. I have seen other Fulci films, such as Zombie 2, which has an amazing scene of a zombie fighting a shark. And you should check that movie out for that reason alone. I mean, you don't really have to be a zombie fan to want to see one engaging in a, a, some sort of fight with a shark. And that actually happens in that movie. It's, uh, it's not even a fake shark either. I'm pretty sure it's a genuine uh, shark fight with somebody who's dressed up as a zombie. 
So Fulci is also sometimes called the godfather of gore and also had a considerable influence on the genre of slasher films in addition to more supernatural fare for the simple reason that he helped normalize gore. So obviously gore is pretty essential to a lot of slasher movies. Although, of course, you've always had some PG-13 type of slasher films too, but, you know, a lot of hardcore people, they want to see blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. Well, Fulci was one of the ones who really brought that to the forefront. And even, even when it comes to the supernatural kind of stuff, you know, you might still see um, some really disturbing elements in his movies. In recent years, it seems like City of the Living Dead has earned some cult status, even though publications such as Empire Magazine won't likely be listing, listing it among the best films of all time. You can still find it pr pretty commonly on streaming service services, so you can go ahead and watch it on Tubi TV, also known as simply Tubi, if you want. I think it's probably on a lot of Amazon channels, too, if you want to actually pay to see it, I guess. Um, it also won't be selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. Registry. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Um, you know, the Library of Congress probably won't say this is culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. But, you know, a lot of horror fans would disagree. And they would say, it is all those things. Because, again, this is one of those movies that really paved the way for a lot of what was to happen in horror for years to come. So as far as the plot of this particular movie, you had a character or have a character named Father Thomas. He's a priest played by Fabrizio Giovine, I believe it's pronounced. Anyway, he hangs himself in a cemetery, and for some inexplicable reason, this one suicide opens a portal to hell. So apparently there was no voice from heaven advising this priest not to stretch his neck out or, or urging him to repent for his sins or anything like that. So basically this is sort of like the film's villain, only he wears a priest's uniform instead of a cape or a hockey mask, or a red and green sweater, and a kick-ass glove. You know, he just goes around and makes bad things happen. Um, he's, like, he's like an omen type of figure, I suppose. Not, not really like Damien exactly, but, you know, like if he shows up, you can be pretty well afraid of him, because, you know, something bad is going to happen either to you or somebody else. And Father Thomas is actually pretty powerful it seems like um he can just make well like your eyes bleed or something or of course the intestines might emanate from your mouth somehow i don't really the movie doesn't really explain what kind of powers he exactly has but it's one of those things where some characters will be more affected than others Maybe it's your level of fear of the priest. I don't really know. Um, it could be like a Freddy Krueger sort of mind over matter thing. And uh, it's it's really interesting um, to speculate about 
what exactly the source of his power is and, you know, the dimensions of his various powers. But, you know, he's not, he's not exactly an omnipotent figure, but still pretty powerful. And uh, we, we see him do some damage. And uh, interestingly, the priest has some zombie-like ghost corpses who become his legion of villains. It's all pretty vague as to why this is going on. But I guess the priest was just a sacrifice that opened the gates of hell. And why fight it? Why question it? Just enjoy the show. Uh, that would be my advice to you if you're looking to try to enjoy this movie. Um, just don't overthink it. It's just one of those things you have to let let it wash over you. Just accept that there's blood and gore and, uh, you know, a self-martyred priest, apparently, um, to the cause of evil or, so, or some some strange formulation like that. One thing I will say, few people will accuse this movie of mimicking a lot of other horror flicks because, for one thing, Fulci was a pioneer, so he was so he has that status going for him. And this particular movie establishes that he didn't really hold back much. In addition to the woman played by Daniela Doria, who was spitting up baby veal intestines, which again is gross and actually happens in the movie. Uh, you also have a scene where a disreputable dude named Bob, played by Giovanni Lombardo Radice, something like that. But anyway, he gets his head drilled into by a vengeful father, played by Venantino Venantini, who probably wrongly assumes that Bob had murdered his daughter or, or something like that. I'm trying to remember the plot, but, um, you know, it's it's something like that. The, the guy gets a drill in the head. I mean, that's all you really need to know. So this weird movie, it stars Christopher George, Catriona McCall, Carlo Di Mayo, Antonella Interlangi, and Janet Agrin. So I don't know if I pronounced a single name correctly in this, but there you go. You could always IMDB it. Maybe your uh, Italian is better than mine. In fact, there's a solid chance that it would be. Um, but really, this is one of those movies that I think you could rewatch several times in a year. And it probably wouldn't get that old for you. Unless, uh, hey, maybe you just don't like this kind of movie. But if you if you really like gory, kind of creepy stuff, and you want to kick it old school and see one of the pioneers of gore, or the godfather of gore, uh, go ahead and check City of the Living Dead out. And... Um, I can't say you won't be disappointed because how could I promise you that? But it's really, it's a, it's a thing to see at least once in your life. If you really want to understand, you know, how we got things like The Walking Dead and all that kind of stuff. Because this movie really has some of the violence that... Um, the Walking Dead would later have, of course, and other zombie movies as well. So, yeah, all right.
of course, um, you know, George A. Romero had some pretty extreme violence in Dawn of the Dead as well. So it's not exactly like this was the first movie to depict that kind of stuff, but it was definitely uh, extreme in its own way. So, all right, this time I am going to call it quits on this episode because I think I've said enough. So you have a good day.